What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mike and Dave Podcast, episode 59 today. This is Dave, and I am very excited for this episode for two reasons. Number one, I'm excited about our fun fact and hot seat later on in the episode, but also... We've got a great main segment. We've had this cooking on the back burner for a while. It's finally time to bring it up to the front since we're kind of in that weird summer period of not too much happening in the football and basketball worlds. So we are now, without further any, without any further ado, going to be doing a fantasy draft, NFL street style, seven on seven. So stick around for that because that's going to be really interesting. But before that, Mike's going to have off the top. Hello, this is Mike, and I absolutely remembered off the top and didn't th- have to think about it in the car on the way home from work tonight. You were just so excited about the NFL Street Fantasy Draft. That's got to I mean, be. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was really it. I was just like, I got in the car, I started driving home, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, okay, like let me review my draft strategy one more time." You know, oh crap, <laughs> I have to do off the top. <laughs> However. It didn't take me too long to think of one because, you know, we're Hawks fans on the Mike and Dave podcast. I don't think that's any big secret uh, to any even remotely frequent listeners. But if you are also a Hawks fan or a basketball junkie of any sort, then you know that there have been plenty and plenty of Pascal Siakam rumors floating around for the past few weeks, months, you know. Will the Hawks be trading for Siakam? Now, the big issue here is that Siakam has basically said he's not interesting. Or sorry, yeah, he's not. He's a boy. <laughs> the big issue here is that Siakam has basically said that he's not interested in signing any sort of extension with any team that trades for him. He wants to sign that extension with Toronto, which makes it a lot harder to justify paying any sort of like big price tag to get Siakam on the team, knowing that it'll be basically be a one year rental. So that got my mind thinking like two different things. One, remember when the Raptors paid a hefty price for a one year rental of Kawhi and they ended up winning a championship that one year. So the first question I have Dave is, how many players out there do you think the Hawks could rent? I, I don't mean like reasonably, you know, like it's not like we're going to get uh, KD or anything. Mm-hmm. But like how many players just have that level of skill that like if the Hawks could rent for a year, we would be like heavy contenders right away. Um, I and I guess to say... add to that is Siakam one of them. Okay, Siakam's definitely not one of them. Um, <laughs> maybe 10. I mean, I think you've got your typical like Giannis, Steph, Jokic, Embiid, LeBron, KD, Luka, Lillard, Jason Tatum. And then after that, like you get into that second tier of Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Kyrie, Devin Booker. All those kinds of guys. And I, I just don't think that they put you over the top. But really, 
if you get one of those top few, maybe top seven to to ten guys or so, then that puts a you know fringe playoff team like the Hawks all the way up into you, you need to watch out for them because probably a you know conference finals is like should be their floor at this point type of thing, especially if you have a player like Giannis, Steph, LeBron, Jokic, somebody that's actually won it before you know or KD somebody like that. Yeah, so if the Hawks are to pull the trigger on Siakam, knowing that it's going to be a one-year rental, we don't. I agree with you. I don't feel either that it's a uh, that that's a move that makes us a contender, especially because it's not like we're just adding him to our roster. We have to trade something to give up, or sorry, we have to give up something to get him. So, if the Hawks. So if news comes out tomorrow that the Hawks are making this trade, what is like the maximum that you think the Hawks should give up for this one-year rental of Siakam? I mean, does does this need to make sense from the Raptors' perspective or just like who on our team is expendable enough to where I'd be fine with it? Uh, The latter. Uh, If you're the Hawks, what would you give up? Like I guess if I can if I can word it another way, if you're the Hawks GM, you you send to the Raptors like this. This is the best you're gonna get. Final offer. I'd probably give up Hunter and Capella because I think we can start a Congo at the five. Obviously, Siakam will go in at the four, and then one of our wings, I think, can can start and. You know, is not going to be a, you know, a world beater. Like if you have Jalen Johnson, for instance, like he's not going to come out and score 15 points a game or anything, but he's not going to need to because you've got Siakam, DeJounte, and Trey already. Really offensively, that's that's pretty much all you need. So I'd probably give up those two. And then maybe if they wanted like, I don't know, Seth Lundy or something, um, or like a you know a, a couple second rounders or something, but that's that's really all I would do. And Hunter and Capella, I'm only saying that too because Capella is going to be a free agent in a year or two, um, and you know Kongu I think is a perfect replacement for him. And then Hunter, I just don't think he is worth. I mean, maybe in the in this new CBA in this new NBA, he's worth the you know twenty million plus that he's getting paid, but like. In my mind, he's not. And that contract is going to kind of hamstring us from getting a potential, you know, top 25 type of talent. So, yeah, I would maybe give give up uh, Hunter and Capella and then maybe a couple seconds or another, like, bit part player. Okay. So that's interesting to me. I That's probably a little higher than I would go for a rental, but if I so, had any sort of assurance that... Siakam was going to be there for more than like nine months. I'd be willing to let it fly a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, also things can change. He can, he can say that right now. It also could just be like, he doesn't really want to move. And so, you know, he's whatever. He can also get paid more by the Raptors than he can any other team. So that's, that's potentially a part of it as well, but who knows if he comes to the Hawks and, 
you know, they end up going to the finals or, or something like that. And he enjoys playing with the team. Then you never know. Um, obviously that didn't really work with Kawhi. Like he went there, they won the championship. He moved on, but that's also a possibility, you know, but realistically, I don't think that they should do that trade at all unless they were able to swing some sort of three team trade. Um, and you know get additional assets as well yeah for sure i mean it's true like maybe maybe we could convince seahawk and like hey atlanta's fun isn't it yeah Um, but i don't i don't know if he's even the 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 right third piece yeah i i don't think so i mean he thrives with the ball in his hands and we've got trey and Dejounte already yeah, I think we so. we need more of that like two way wing wing player. I think, but like if Paul George yeah. was available and also didn't get hurt for like he's basically good for half the season every year now, then that kind of guy <laughs> I think would really catapult us up further. But or like you know Jalen Brown. Not that I want any part of that contract extension he just signed like this is getting ridiculous it really is (laughs) that's crazy i mean it's nothing compared to mbappe but no but mbappe is probably the best soccer player in the world and jalen brown is not the best basketball player in the world so yeah i don't yeah i'm not sure about that one you know i i heard um I think it was Austin Rivers talking recently about all of these. Well, he was talking about like Damian Lillard and trying to force his way to a particular team. It was basically saying like, if you're signing this long-term deal, why are you then saying like, okay, after two years, I want out, like just sign a one or two year deal. Then if that's what, you know, if that's what you want to do. And he was also talking about the new CBA and how it's, going to pay all of the star players a much higher rate than they have in the past. And that because of the salary cap means that all of these role players are now going to be signing for a lot lower than they were able to in previous seasons. So I think it's, it's an issue and it kind of cuts out those, those players that are solid NBA contributors, but are not on a star level. I think it's really hurting their value and it's kind of unfortunate to see. I mean, Jalen Brown is a top 25 player, but he's getting paid like top three level money right now. And I just think that's a little over the top. Yeah, it's definitely tough. And I know like he singled out um, James Harden and uh, was it Ben Simmons? The other one that he singled out? Uh, I know he had mentioned two players and he was like, or maybe it was KD. I don't remember, but he was like, these two started it with the whole, like um, asking for a trade, not finding success, asking for another trade. There's a thing I saw the other day that was like KD, Kyrie Irving and James Harden have combined for like seven trade requests in the last like year and a half or something like that, which is absurd. But yeah, yeah, it is. Um, the whole thing is just kind of a mess right now, but okay, cool. Well, I wanted to 
just get your take on the Siakam situation because, you know, as a Hawks fan, I'm always like looking for this kind of stuff. But lately, that's all I've been really seeing, and I'm just like, at, I'm just at that point where I'm like, something just needs to happen more than the other. Like whether they pull the trigger or just say like, you know, we get a report, oh, the trade talks have fallen through. It's not going to happen. Cool, I can sleep again. <laughs> This is affecting your every night Mike is laying in bed. Sweating. Just <laughs> But would they take a 2025 second rounder instead of a 2026? <laughs> I'm on 2K like playing with the trade finder. Like maybe I can like I'm gonna crack this code. Well, I think that'll just about wrap up this first segment um, of off the top. And when we come back, we will explain the rules of the NFL Street Fantasy Draft and get right into it. So stick around. And it's time to get into our NFL Street style fantasy draft. So this is going to be for a 7v7 football game. We're going to draft from current NFL players. And the rules essentially are simple. Every player we pick has to be playing on both sides of the ball we can position them however we want for example if i draft a receiver then you know he'll play receiver on offense and then maybe he plays corner on defense or maybe he plays linebacker whatever we can kind of do with that how we will as far as what positions we're looking for we've got three players on the line on both sides on offense we've got two receivers a quarterback and a running back And then on defense, we'd have the two corners, a linebacker, a safety. But if you decide you want to play like two safeties instead of a linebacker safety, be my guest. It's fun, (laughs) you know. So when we uh, when we draft our players, we'll go through. We'll um, talk about, I guess, maybe what it is about this player that made us want to pick them. But I think at the end would be like the best time to just say like okay my final lineup is looking like this um we'll be doing it snake style so i'll be drafting first and then dave will have back-to-back picks if you remember when we did our um all-time fantasy draft if i picked a receiver then dave would have to pick a receiver and then he would get to reset we're not doing that so no matter what i pick dave can pick whatever he wants next so um, is there right. anything you wanted to add? Nope. I think we're ready to get right into it. I'm intrigued to see who you're going to pick first. All right. So, yeah, Dave knows I was very excited to get the number one pick. And I'm going to go ahead and use that pick on Lamar Jackson. He's fast. Uh, I got my quarterback position locked up, and I feel like there, he gives me plenty of variety on defense as well. Uh, he can hang with a bunch of different guys out there in a variety of ways. Um in addition, he he gives me two dimensions on offense. Obviously, we know the running threat he is, and he can sling the ball down the field. Okay. I had a feeling you might be going that direction, and to be honest, I had Lamar and then one other quarterback circled, and so now that means I can just wait till the end to select my quarterback, so I'm totally fine with that. Um, all right, so now it's time for for my back-to-back picks. Um, I think with my first selection, I'm going to go 
with a receiver slash corner in this case. And for me, it's got to be Justin Jefferson. He is the best receiver in the NFL right now. He knows how to get open. I love watching him play. Plays for the Vikings, who I also cheer for. So, Jay Jettis has got to be my first selection. And then I'm going to go ahead and pick up... Hmm. So, I'm thinking about either running back or I'm thinking about um, just grabbing my other receiver slash corner and just getting back to back. Um, to be honest, I think I'm going to go ahead and get my other receiver slash corner. And hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to go for it only be not because I think this guy is the best corner in the NFL, but because I think he would do the best playing both sides of the ball. And that's Trayvon Diggs. He's shown that he has, the ability, probably, you know, his ball skills are up there with any receiver in terms of actually getting his hands on the ball and tracking the ball in the air. And so I think he would be able to um, potentially make some game-changing interceptions and plays on defense, and then also on offense, whatever player he's coming up against, theoretically not another corner, um, then he would be able to probably do pretty well against him. Also, all of those battles between him and Stefan Diggs have prepared him for this moment. So I'll go with Justin Jefferson and Trayvon Diggs <laughs> as my two receivers slash corners. Okay, I like that. Got a lot of ball skills out there on the outsides. Yeah, definitely threatening. And yeah, what you said about the quarterback, yeah, that's the um, a big advantage of going second, right? I can see why you wanted to uh, go second here. Like, okay. You take a quarterback, and now I get like free reign on it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so the good news for me is, so I had Justin Jefferson on my list. I have him as the best receiver in the NFL. He was not at the top of my shopping list, so I'm happy with this. Um, hmm. I'm looking at a few positions where my top guy is available. I'm going to go ahead and grab Trent Williams. Give me an offensive lineman to protect Lamar Jackson. And Trent Williams has got to be the best tackle in football right now. Okay. I had him as a potential option. Not my number one choice, but definitely up there. And then I'm going to add another member of the line. Right. Then I'm going to add another player to my line. Give me Micah Parsons. I want the athleticism. I want the versatility. I want the aggression. I want that that rush on defense. I believe in him to hold hold his own. I mean, the good thing about having Lamar is that I don't need my offensive line to hold forever, right? I can, like, Lamar gives me that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Escapability. Yes, thank you. 
Lamar can escape the situation, so I don't need three offensive linemen there. And I love what Micah Parsons provides on the defensive end. And he might go on the line. He might fulfill that linebacker role. And I can figure that out later now. Okay. So Trent Williams is definitely somebody that I considered. Uh, that was that made my final cut. Micah Parsons was someone that I considered and did not make my final cut. And that is just because I looked up some of the heights and weights of these guys. And I just don't think that he, I think to be honest, even though he's very quick um, and he's very skilled, obviously at pass rushing and just, you know, playing in coverage as a linebacker too. I just don't think he's going to be able to handle a straight bull rush to the face. Um, and yeah, I know Lamar is going to provide some of that escapability there. Um, and that's going to be tough, but I like the idea of attacking Micah Parsons basically (laughs) with, with my guys. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and pick up my first lineman, which is Miles Garrett, because I can very much imagine Miles Garrett picking on Micah Parsons, um, and also, Miles is probably up there with the most athletic big men we've seen in the NFL. Um, just in general, just an absolute freak of nature. He's just big enough and long enough to where I think also on the offensive side, he'd be able to hold his own against um, whatever like hybrid rusher you have coming at him. So I'll go ahead and get Miles Garrett with that one. And then I'm going to do one more. I think I'm going to go on the line again. And I think this guy is an absolute beast of a man. Would wreak havoc. Chris Jones is who I'm going to go with for my second pick. Like I said, he's absolutely huge. He has a tackles size. Um, So he'd be able to go out there and protect. And then obviously on the interior, he's honestly last year, he was more disruptive than Aaron Donald was. Um, And so, and obviously Aaron Donald is somebody that I thought about, but he's just a little bit too small in my mind for this one. So I love Chris Jones, his ability to get to the quarterback quickly. um, And his pursuit is really good too. So yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Jones. Okay. Yeah. Miles Garrett was, uh, I had, I mean, you picked Garrett first, so it feels safe to say I had Garrett a little higher than Chris Jones, but yeah, Garrett was definitely someone I was considering. And I like the Chris Jones pick as well. I think that's well reasoned. I understand what you're saying about Aaron Donald being small. I'm going to take him anyway, (laughs) where, um, I'm kind of sacrificing a little bit on the offensive line and powering up my defensive line here. So that my defensive line will look like, or will have Micah Parsons and Aaron Donald on it. And Trent Williams. I'll I'll throw Trent Williams in the middle. (laughs) Whatever. And then let Aaron Donald and uh, Micah Parsons come off the edges there. Aaron Donald is too good of a player to ignore right now. So next up, I'm going to take a guy that it's no secret that I'm a fan of. And that's Derrick Henry. Have you seen mm-hmm. him? This is a Goliath of a man. Uh, obviously, we're throwing him at running back. We've got thunder and lightning now between Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson. 
right? But looking at the defensive end, uh, I have no issue putting Derrick Henry at linebacker. <laughs> Why not? He's got the speed. He's got the hulking physique. Like, by all means, I'm putting him there. Okay. So you've got Derrick Henry at linebacker. You've got your three linemen with Trent Williams, Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald. You've got Lamar at QB. And so you just got your last two, which are the corners slash receivers, right? Correct. Because I figure with Lamar, what... (laughs) He gets to sit back as the safety and read the eyes of the quarterback, the position that he actually plays. Okay. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, quarterback's going to go last, which means I need a running back and another lineman. So it, since you're done with your lineman, I'm going to go ahead and say what my two options are. So I'm thinking about Quentin Nelson. And then I'm also thinking about Jordan Mailata. And so mm. my my reasoning behind it, number one, Quentin Nelson is just a nasty piece of work. I feel like he will enjoy um, pancaking Aaron Donald slash Micah Parsons into the ground. Um, and I feel like he'd be able to handle either of those if he was rushing the passer as well, I think he's got that mentality of like, I think he could change his mindset real quick of going to get the quarterback <laughs> instead of protecting him. <laughs> um, so I think he would work. Jordan Mailata though is an absolute freak of an athlete. He's like six, eight, like 350 pounds moves super well, probably only second to Trent Williams in terms of tackles in the NFL. He started off playing rugby, so I feel like in this kind of setting, he would be a real asset um, in, you know, 7v7 type of of game. So I'm going to go with Jordan Mailata here. Uh, I think he's big enough to where, especially, I mean, Trent Williams, Aaron Donald, Micah Parsons, like, it's going to be tough for them to get through all of my hulking three of Miles Garrett, Chris Jones, and Mailata. Um, I think they're all like six, five or above. So as long as we're, we've got somebody at the quarterback position, who's really good in the pocket and extending plays and throwing from different arm angles, I should be all right. Um, but I'm not going to pick him yet. I'm going to wait till the end. Probably the only time this guy will ever be picked last (laughs) in a draft. Um, that's just the way that it worked this time. So I've got running back. So Derek Henry was on my radar. I figured that you'd probably want to go for him. So I had a few other options in mind because I figured if you had your chance, you were probably going to go for that. So I've got two guys in mind. I've got Nick Chubb and I've got Saquon. Um, Nick Chubb is kind of the boring answer, but it makes a lot of sense. I think he is a very, um, not necessarily underrated anymore because I think more and more people have called attention to the fact that he is arguably, you know, one of, if not the best running back in the NFL over the past few seasons. I think he leads the the league in yards per carry um, over the past few seasons or something like that. Um, so I really like that. 
Saquon, though, I think is is built for this kind of environment. Um, he's got obviously the shiftiness. He's got the home run speed. We don't have to worry about his issue with always wanting to break it to the outside in real football in this case, because yes, by all means, break it to the outside. Um, he's also a very good pass catcher too. So he's, he's going to be a threat coming out of the backfield. I thought about McCaffrey. I just felt like, um, on defense, he'd be more of a liability. So I decided not to go with him. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go with Saquon. I mean, those quads, I feel like he's a load, um, not necessarily in the exact same way as Derrick Henry, but I think he's going to be able to, um, you know, make a few tackles and he obviously has the speed and the athleticism to, to keep up. So I'm going to go with, um, with Saquon. I think I basically had the same strategy as you with running back. I just kind of broke first because Saquon was my backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Saquon 100% had his, uh, like you already know if Saquon was playing backyard football in high school or middle school or whatever, people were just like, Oh crap. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Both ends. Are just. <laughs> um, okay. So I just have, my two receivers on offense or my two corners on defense. Do I go one of each? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Right. Uh-huh. So these are my last two picks. So I guess all the fun is just like, who, which one do I take first? Um, I'll take the corner first. I'm going to take sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is that guy. <laughs> uh, we have sung his praises plenty of times. A, a true lockdown corner already just in his first season alone, right? Uh, he's already emerged as one of the top corners in football. Uh, I am confident in him locking up the opposing receiver, but I also feel confident in his, like with his agility, right? I believe in his ability to get open, to catch balls at the high point. We've seen him do that on plenty of interceptions already um, between college and the NFL. So, Sauce Gardner is my next pick, and then my last pick. This is not my pick because I think he's the best receiver in football or anything. That is Justin Jefferson. It's also not because I think he's the second best receiver. But when I saw DK Metcalf chase down Buddha Baker. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. And And then I see any like image or video of dk like working out like you said saquon is built for this dk is built for this like that's dk dk can be wherever he wants man so sauce gardner dk mac metcalf those are gonna be my guys on the outside okay i respect that i think that that clip of dk running down buddha baker is one of my favorite highlights that i have ever seen of any sport um just the the sheer like i am way bigger than you and yet i am running you down in a, like a scary amount of time um <laughs> it's just amazing so yeah i love that pick to be honest i didn't think about dk um i thought potentially you're gonna go with tyreek because i was like 
it's going to be pretty much unguardable in this situation, but on defense, I don't know how well he's going to do. Um, just because he's not the I, biggest guy. I thought I, I thought about Tyreek Hill, but every summer a video comes out from his camps of him getting mossed by a high schooler. <laughs> so I didn't want to. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Yeah, definitely offensively, potentially the best option you could have, but defensively, you're you're gonna be hurting a bit. Um, so yeah, especially like imagine if I'd gone like Tyreek and you had DK Metcalf. It's like, yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's not really gonna work. So okay, I respect that. Um, to be fair, you said Sauce Gardner. You have confidence in him being able to lock down the opponent's best receiver. I don't have confidence that he's going to be able to lock down Justin Jefferson over and over again. Um, but to be fair, I don't have confidence in anyone being able to do that. So um, I do think that's that's a solid pick, though. Okay, so last, but certainly not least, it's time for me to pick my quarterback. And I'm going to be honest. I thought about another guy while while we've been talking that I think would gen- like genuinely be a really good option. And that's Josh Allen. Um, We've seen Josh Allen be an absolute load with the ball in his hands. He's a guy who is willing to put his body on the line for his team. We've seen him after throwing a pick, just going and like trying to absolutely destroy the returner um, on, on quarterback sneaks on runs. Like he is not a guy who wants to slide. He's going to lower his shoulder into you. So, and he's a really big guy too. So I do like that, especially if we're going to be dealing with Derrick Henry. I actually think Josh Allen, it scares me a little bit because like maybe he's going to throw out his shoulder or something. But like, I think Josh Allen could legitimately, you know, stop him a few times. Um, So I love that. Obviously, offensively, he's got probably the strongest arm in the NFL. Um, Cleaned up a lot of his accuracy issues. Good leader. So he's got all that going for him. So I've actually really been considering him since we've been talking. The other guy is of course, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's probably the best player in football. I mean, what more is there to say about him? He's the ultimate playground backyard football maestro throwing from any arm angle, no look passes. Um, just, you know, flipping the ball with his, like throwing left-handed passes, like, we see these things on a regular basis from him. Um, he just has that it factor of he's going to go make a play for you. Um, and I think in this kind of setting, that is the kind of guy you want on your team. So even though it might be more of a liability on defense, the quarterback position is still the most important position in this game, I think, in this game mode too. So I'm going to go with Mahomes. And he's going to lead us to victory. So that's going to be my full team. So I guess next what we can do is we can kind of go offense and defense. Who's going to be playing which position. So I'll go first. Obviously, wide receiver and corner. Like I said, Justin Jefferson and Trayvon Diggs. On the line, Miles Garrett, Chris Jones, and Jordan Mailata. Then at running back. I'm going to have Saquon, and I'm, I'm going to put him at linebacker as well. I trust him to make to, to make more hits than Mahomes. Uh, 
But I also feel like Mahomes can probably snag some balls out of the air, so I'll have him at safety. So that'll, and obviously a quarterback. So I think that covers each side of the ball for each player. And then, yeah, for me, I'm basically doing the same thing where I have uh, Sauce Gardner uh, matched up with Justin Jefferson. And then... And then I have DK matched up with Trayvon Diggs. Across the line, I have Aaron Donald, Trent Williams, and Micah Parsons. Derrick Henry at linebacker and Lamar Jackson at safety. All right. So I guess all that's left here are if there are any, if there were any players that we haven't mentioned yet that you wanted to like shout out. Um, I guess I'll just name a couple real quick. Um, I thought about Debo Samuel. A little bit um offensive versatility as well but like honestly he seems like the type that could get in there and uh throw down on defense too mm-hmm. um i looked at fred warner for a little bit but once i was able to get derrick henry i was like i eh, probably don't need that yeah. um, what position would you have played him at on offense well that's so that's the thing i would have had him at that straight linebacker spot um but then like it just didn't fit like once i had micah parsons as well like micah parsons derrick henry and fred warner there's not there wasn't really a way for me to function all that together mm-hmm. and a similar thing happened with me with devin white you know i love the speed and everything but again the fit wasn't there yeah um let's see and the last player that i wanted to shout out was had i not gotten um Trent Williams, I would have looked at uh, Laramie Tunzel, but. Okay. Yeah, I respect all those. Um, it was just kind of tough because I really wanted to put Derwin in my team, but I just couldn't figure out, like, do I play him at running back? Like, it's just kind of hard. I feel like the defensive players going to offense, it's a lot easier to imagine the offensive players going to defense, if that makes sense. So I really wanted to try to fit Derwin in somewhere. I ultimately couldn't. So that was a little sad. I thought about Minka Fitzpatrick as well. I feel like he's the kind of guy who would excel in this kind of environment. So I was interested in him. Um, Trent Williams is on my list. You took him. Um, in terms of other receivers, I thought C.D. Lamb. He's uh, he's a physical receiver, um, able to make contested catches, but also run away from people and get open. So I thought he could have been a, a decent shout, but obviously I got Justin Jefferson, so um, only one was going to win out of that one. And there are other corners, too, that are really good. I mean, Pat Sertan would have been a great pick. Jair Alexander, a bit undersized, but in terms of just pure man-to-man coverage, which this is basically what this would be, he's probably the best. Um, so I would have been interested to get him too. And then, um, like I mentioned, Josh Allen, I was really considering him and putting him at linebacker and just, cause I feel like in another life he could have switched <laughs> to, to play linebacker at Wyoming and the rest would have been history. But, um, I think he's probably happy with the, the decision he made to keep playing quarterback. Um, but yeah, so those were the main ones. I did consider Micah Parsons too as as a guy. Really what I tried to do was find supreme athletes, um, guys who I felt like even if they weren't super technical in the other side of the ball than they're used to playing, that just their athleticism 
alone and, and their size alone would allow them to compete at a high level. So obviously like guys like like Chris Jones and Miles Garrett, like these are some of the best athletes at on the defensive line that we've seen. Um and Jordan Mailata on the offensive line too. So for me, it just made sense to to um use my picks on those kinds of players. In terms of looking at your team, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of wanted, I, I don't know, I kind of want Derrick Henry to play linebacker <laughs> for me. Um, I do think that's kind of sick. And him paired with Lamar, like you said, Thunder and Lightning, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's tough to um, to stop. Um, but overall, I feel pretty good about my roster. Um, Trayvon Diggs at receiver, I feel like he's going to, be able to do to put in some work and then obviously Mahomes the ultimate x factor so I feel good about that although like I think Lamar makes a lot of sense too I think they're they're kind of the clear like top two options in this kind of format but obviously we'll never see this actually happen but let us know if it were to actually happen would you have drafted differently are there any players that you um are thinking of that we haven't mentioned yet. Obviously, this is just current players. We're not talking about all-time players because we have plenty of all-time players that played both sides of the ball. So that's kind of beside the point. Um, but yeah, let us know on social media at Mike and Dave Pod. Um, we'll probably go ahead and put up a poll as well with our different rosters. Um, and you can vote on that to see whether Team Mike or Team Dave would come away with a dub. You know there's only one correct answer to that. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, shout out to Mike because his um, I don't I can't remember who create who um, came up with the idea, but Mike has has loved NFL Street since he was a kid um, and still plays it from time to time. So I'm sure he's loving this episode. Absolutely, I feel like the last few episodes have been like, "So are you ready to do this fantasy draft yet?" <laughs> like a little like a little kid, just like. Come on, come on, Dave, let's do it, let's do it. No, I've I've been stoked for this. So, yeah. Um, and, yes, NFL Street, all-time elite sports video game. My number one from when we did that top five. Speaking of top fives, next episode, two weeks. Got episode 60, our next top five. This is your last chance for episode 60. If there is a top five that we haven't done yet that you want us to do, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike and Dave Pod. So I think that'll close out this segment, but when we come back, we'll get into the usual hot seat and fun fact to close out the show. Alrighty, folks, we are back and it is time to get into the hot seat as per usual. We've been putting this one again on the back burner of the hot seat waiting for the right moment, which was when this podcast was going to be released. Um, I basically saw this as soon as the last one went out and I was like, yeah, okay, this has got to be the hot seat for, for episode 59. So Mike, what do we have for this week? We have Pistons head coach, Monty Williams. If you can ever get used to that. Uh, talking about Asar Thompson and Marcus Sasser and two of their, uh, rookie guards um card forward whatever you want to call it um anyway so this is a quote from him 
on ESPN. Okay. I've become a fan of Asar and Sass. Their toughness, we saw it down the stretch. Those two guys just made play after play and played winning basketball, which is something that makes me want to take them home and arrange a marriage with my daughters. What? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, so, so I'm looking at my phone to confirm it is the year 2023, uh, <laughs> not 1743 or, you know, um, so chill. <laughs> also, like, what? <laughs> like, everything about this is, like, very cringe to me. Um, I, I can think of, like, a number of ways to, like, hype up your young players other than, like, please marry my daughter this time. Why is, why is that what came to mind? Who knows? Maybe on draft night, Monty was sitting, you know, Monty's family was sitting around the TV, like, you know, waiting for the Pistons to, to draft. And his daughters start looking at, you know, the different draftees and they, and they like, you know, talk to dad after the draft and they're like, hey, you know, I wouldn't be mad if you made some introductions. You know what I'm saying? And uh, maybe that was Monty's way of like weird dad way of trying to like make that point come across. I don't know. Regardless though, it was a really weird quote. It's one of those like double take quotes where you're like, <laughs> wait, I, wait, I'm sorry. What? He said, what? <laughs> this wasn't like taken out of context. He literally just, and he wasn't prompted into it. He just said it on yeah. his own, like as his own quote. So a little which, bit questionable way, for Monty. Yeah. Which by the way, even if he had been prompted into it, this still would have been hot seat material. We just would have included the interview, the interviewer. Like, why did you go this route? Yeah. So do any of your players that you want to date your daughter? Right. I feel like that's a question that like one of the sports adjacent reporters might ask <laughs> of like, I don't know if, if one of the, the players is dating like a famous celebrity or something. I don't know. And they like randomly come in. They don't, they know nothing about basketball, but they're, they ask like, who would you want your daughter to, to date on your team or something like that? I could see that potentially happening. Well, reporters don't bother going to the Pistons locker room because we already know the answer. It's his two rookies. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting stuff. I mean, they had, um, they used to have Blake Griffin who had his, um, he dated a Jenner. Um, so I guess people are just like, oh, Pistons headlines has got to be about who they're dating, right? You know, here we go. But whatever. Um, let's transition from the weird headlines that Monty Williams provided to hopefully a more normal headline via Dave's Fun Fact. Thank you for that introduction. Real quick. Wasn't Andre Drummond dating that girl from iCarly, Jeanette McCurdy? Yeah. Okay, uh, there's another one. Yeah, um, which, by the way, shameless plug, not that we're sponsored, but if you haven't read or listened to the audiobook that she released, uh, I'm glad my mom died. Um, excellent work. Um, we listened to... Um, 
my fiance and I listened to the audiobook on our way like to slash from Florida and it was like it was just fantastic uh great writing style I thought um it's like a good mix of like wow like that's shocking to like hear a lot of the stuff but also like you know the way she interjects her humor into it as well is really cool but anyway I wasn't planning on bringing that up but once you said her name I was like huh okay yeah my wife has also read that book and I think had good things to say. So double recommendation. Hey, book recommendations with Mike and Dave. <laughs> a random, probably not recurring segment, but here you go. <laughs> um, Mike and Dave's reading corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, so now it's time for the fun fact. And I feel like I've been doing a few more of sports-related fun facts recently. And I'm not necessarily looking for them. I feel like they they come to me, like they find me. Um, and so I saw this one the other day and I thought it was a really good fun fact to put things into perspective for us. So Major League Baseball has been around for 147 years now, which is kind of crazy if you think about it in and of itself. So there have been a little over 23,000 players who have played a professional baseball game. To put that in perspective, Major League Baseball's smallest stadium by capacity is Progressive Field at 37,830. Which means if every player who's ever put on a big league uniform from 1876 to 2023 sat in the stands of Progressive Field, the stadium would only be at 61% capacity. So when if you go to a baseball game, typically, you know, if that's a Braves game or whatever, typically it's like 40,000, 45,000, something like that. All of those people there almost double the amount of actual players that have played on a Major League Baseball field for a Major League Baseball team over the past 147 years. To me, that just really puts it into perspective of how elite and like top 1% of the top 1% these athletes really are. And I'm sure there are similar numbers for the NBA, for the NFL, all the other major sports leagues. But that's just crazy to think about, you know, there are so many players that we can think of and that we know and all of that. And yet all of that is like pales in a comparison to the amount of fans that there are. Um, so yeah, it just shows the, the longevity of baseball and how still, how few are actually lucky enough and talented enough to be able to play in the show. Can you say the number one more time of players that have played? There've been a little over 23,000 players. That's wow. Like it feels like it would be way more. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering there are what thirty teams in the majors. Yeah, there were. To be fair, there weren't always that many teams in eighteen seventy six. Um, yeah, sure. But there have been close to thirty teams for. I think there actually there are thirty two teams now. I could be. Yeah. I can't remember. Maybe it's only the NFL at thirty two. I can't remember. Um, no, because it's five teams per division, and then there are three divisions, so that's thirty. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It yeah, it is just wild like like you said, it's 
the the elite of the elite of the elite. But the cool thing is you don't have to be the elite of the elite of the elite. You don't have to be elite at all to watch the sports and enjoy the sports or have a podcast about the sports. And that is why you have your boys, Mike and Dave here, talking about these players. Um, the elite because, of the elite of the elite. Right, exactly. And just trying to be the elite of the elite of the elite and the people who talk about them. So if you do think that that's the case and you haven't already, then leave us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. It would help us be reached by more people so more people can hear us. We can you know, keep developing this, um, which obviously is just for fun. We just enjoy doing it. If you don't actually know the backstory, we did a radio show in college for four years together uh, with no prior experience just because I saw something that said, you can have your own radio show and you can just come and just do it. And we were like, do you want to just do a sports radio show? We're like, sure. And the rest is history. Um, You know, and we started this podcast after we graduated and we'd, you know, been out of school for a few years, wanted to get back into it just because we talk about sports all the time anyway, might as well structure it a bit and record it and hope that some people get some, um, you know, get something out of it, some entertainment, maybe some, some knowledge. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's why we do it. Um, so if that resonates with you and, you know, you want to share this with your friends or whoever, then we would appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice little walk down memory lane there. Wow. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, one of, certainly one of my favorite memories from college was doing the radio show. Um, yeah, it, at the end of the day, we do it because it's fun for us and we hope that it's fun for you as well, uh, to get some information, to get some laughs, get some perspective, you know, whatever it is, uh, We hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoy doing it. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed episode 59, episode 60 out in two weeks. Until then, this has been Mike. This has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave podcast. Alexander on the beat.